The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Assalamu alaikum, this is Noor Khufan, and you are listening to this Muslim Girl podcast. This podcast was created for myself to carry dialogues of open communication for Muslim women by Muslim women about various topics, but it also serves as a resource for women to have a platform to share their narratives of their successes, their struggles, and their experiences. More now than ever, Muslim women are being underrepresented and misrepresented in our communities and in the media. It is time that we created a space where we can hold the microphone and be able to truly and genuinely speak our truth. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome, this is Noor and today I have with me Brenda Alameen. Brenda is a 71-year-old convert. She converted in um, 1986, so she's been a convert for over 30 years. And the reason I really wanted to sit down with Brenda is because I feel like the overall narrative for converts is sometimes often not maybe told or heard, at least from my experience or from those who were born Muslim. We might have a lot of misconceptions or ignorance towards what that struggle and journey is like. So I wanted to sit down with her because not only is Brenda someone who converted a long time ago, kind of before Islam had to endure all of these attack on its name and what the religion encompasses and what it stands for. And so I know that her having her own support group um, in the community that she organizes, she has members of all age ranges. And so she's able to know what the struggles are like currently for um, new Muslims, but also what it was like long before. So I really enjoyed um, having this discussion with her. She's such an amazingly sweet person i know her personally and i knew that when i wanted to sit down with someone to kind of give us insight onto what that experience is like for converts i know that she was someone i wanted to talk to because of the well-rounded view she can share with us welcome and thank you for being on the podcast brenda thank you for having me can you tell us like briefly about how like what your conversion story is my conversion story was i was introduced to to islam up to that point, I had never heard, I didn't know what Islam was. I had never associated anything with Islam other than Muhammad Ali. That's mm-hmm. the only word I ever heard, the first time I ever heard the word Islam. Somebody introduced me at that time to Islam, and my lifestyle wasn't a very good one at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I would have listened, at least listened to it, but I wouldn't have accepted it because I didn't know anything about it. Anyway, he gave me the Quran, and I started reading the Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I take that back. At first, I did not. I didn't even want. I didn't even want the Quran, and so a good couple of weeks went by, and I was between jobs at that time, and I was bored. I didn't have nothing to do. So you picked it up. So I picked up that Quran and started reading it. Um, 
the first few times I read it, it I, I seen where it was completely different from the religion that I had known before. Um, the more I got into it, the more I started reading it, the more I, I found so many answers in there that I had been looking for in a religion that I had never found from before. Were you practicing a religion before? Ca yeah, I was Catholic. I was okay. born Catholic, raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, mm -hmm. um, but it never... Um, I was a kid, and of course I never, you know, I did it only because I had to do it. As far as following a religion and practicing a religion, I, I didn't practice any. It just, you know, maybe because it just, none of it made sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not sure, you know, until, you know, I started reading the Quran. And okay. that's kind of how, how, you know, I got into the Quran. Do you still, do you, who, who was this person, if you don't mind me asking? He, he was my, he would become my husband. Oh, okay. He yeah. would become my husband, yeah. Oh, so so that, he was, uh, was he a convert or was he a born Muslim? He was, a, he converted to Islam in 1972. Okay. But, um, you know, he was kind of in and out of it, you know. Uh, but he, when we met is when he started practicing it, it again. Okay. And if I could share a little story with you. Um, he said that he was at the park one day, and he was, you know, kind of tired of the lifestyle he was living. And he told me that he sat at that park bench, and he called on Allah to, to he said, oh, Allah, Please, if you could just send me a good woman. He said, I don't care if she's um, black or white or what color, whatever color she is. Preferably, I would like black, but as long as it's a good woman. So that's, wow. you know, when he started, that's when he started, you know, really wow. practicing his religion Mashallah. again. Me, at that time, I was new, so I was kind of, um, I put the hijab on right away as soon as I took Shahada, which was oh. about probably a good six months later. They had a small mosque on Plans uh, mm -hmm. Road at that time, so that's where I took my Shahada, and that's where my husband and I got married. From the time you guys met and, and converted, then you got married, how, what was the timeline in between that? Um, there, we was both, at that time, in the process of divorces. Oh, okay. So he, he was in the process of a divorce, and the only reason that we pursued that was because we knew it was wrong. It wouldn't have made a difference before. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have made a difference because, you know, we know that's forbidden, mm -hmm. that we cannot, you know, date. And, and mm -hmm. Yeah, with that, we both filed for our divorces. We filed for our, our divorces. Um, our, our divorces, both of our divorces became final October the 12th uh, of 19... On the same day? Both of our, both of our, well, yeah, we filed together. Oh, okay. But we also got married the same day. We got our, <laughs> we got our finals wow. of divorces and we married on the same day. And that was October the 12th of 1988. Mashallah. So this was um, legal marriage and Islamic marriage as well? Yes, it was done at the at the at the mosque on Plans Avenue. Okay. What were some of the issues that you would say you faced back then? Seeing as that like Islam maybe wasn't as known or as common, like did your family understand when you told them you wanted to convert? Um, you know, I, I I lost contact with my family even before I became Muslim. Oh, okay. You know, I think my biggest issue 
after becoming Muslim because I'm not from Bakersfield. I was born in Long Beach, California. I always grew up, you know, in a diverse neighborhood around uh, blacks and whites. And um, my area was a poor neighborhood. We grew up in the projects. Um, so I, I, it was just with everybody. So I, as a person, never seen color. I, as a person, never seen, I just seen the good in the person, and it didn't make any color difference what color they were. I came to Bakersfield with my first husband. That's how I ended up in Bakersfield. Oh, okay. So, upon a lot, this was meant to happen anyway. We were on our way to Seattle, Washington. When we stopped here in Bakersfield, because he wanted to see his aunt before we traveled on, the rest is history. I ended up... You never even de- left... I know this I'm still here (laughs) but one of the things that I found the hardest to accept was my husband was African-American and I could see the prejudice here Uh, being in an interracial relationship yeah an interracial relationship which it, it was so common when I was growing up in the LA area it was a common thing but here it's not a it wasn't a common thing so we and then of course when I took Shahada, by the way, my mother let me just say this, my mother came from a wealthy family. And she was white, correct? She she was German and uh she came from a very wealthy family. But back then it was a disgrace to marry out of your race. She married a Mexican and her family disowned her for it. Okay. So, you know, that you know, so I, you know, that's one of the things that was hard for me to understand because I grew up just come, I was raised differently. Maybe that's why, I don't know. People, one time, I went, we went to Oil Dell. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what Oil Dell was. You shouldn't have went there. We were walking down the street, and this man drove up to us, and he pointed his finger at me in a, like a moving motion of his thumb. Like a gun? Which I didn't know what that meant. And then I asked my husband, "Why is he doing that?" He says he's letting you know if he has a, if, you, if he had a gun, he would kill you. That's actually the first time that, you know, I, I, I ever ex- and it kind of just broke my heart, because I had never seen that. And here I'm an adult already, and that's the first time I had ever seen that. And of course, when I first took shahada, I started I started right away wearing my hijab. Mm-hmm. So. Therefore, that was another. I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. And then they seen the fact that, you know, I was, I was, you know, was with an African American in hijab. So I had a lot of problems at that time. And at that time, there was only about five of us women that were going to the mosques. I didn't know there was any other Muslims here for a long, long time. There was only about five of us that attended the mosque. It wasn't like. You could go to shopping centers or see them walking down them. the street. You, mm-hmm. It wasn't to be seen. And then over the years, you know, then we started seeing more and more of it, you know, and more sisters started coming out. So, um, yeah. It got better. It got better. Did it ever get better or did it get worse in terms of the way that, you know, people perceived you as this, you know, Muslim woman who was married to a Muslim African-American did it ever get better over the years, or is it just something that you kind of like? You know, Nora, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't really think it got better. I just think the stronger my iman yeah. got, 
um, it really didn't matter. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to ask, is trying to see, like, if you just became more stronger and more yes, confident yes, about it. Yes, yes, yes. What about um, your husband? How was how was he, I guess, dealing with it? And did he face some of the same issues that you did if you guys weren't together, or um, maybe from the African-American community? Yeah, he did face a lot of, of his family was really against him marrying, you know, out of his race. Oh, okay. But, you know, he had um, a marriage before to a Muslim of his own race, and Mm -hmm. that didn't work. Um, So he just got to the, therefore, I'm going to say the same for him. The stronger he became in his iman, the less he cared what anybody else think. Because at that point, we were only trying to please Allah at that point. And we were, you know, working together with ourselves. And that's all that mattered. And that's all that matters, even sure. to this day. How do you think your experience with converting is different than, let's say, people converting today or even five years ago? Okay. Very good question. Um, because I know you, you you have a support group here, uh-huh. and you deal with, it's mostly women, correct? Yes, yes, and yes. And you have youth. Up until yes. actually all age, yes. age ranges. Yes, we do. And so you you hear their stories and what they've been through. I'm sure a lot you can relate to. What is it that you relate to, and what's what are some things that you're just like, okay, I've never experienced that. That's that's different. Okay, let let me tell you how our, um, I started the the convert group. Yeah. Number one, not only because when I first took shahada, what I had to go through. You know, when I first took Shahada, there was no support groups out there. There was no, you know, there, there in the first place, there wasn't hardly any sisters coming out anyway. And there was no, nothing going on within the community because at that time there, I didn't see any community. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I, because I used to go to Juma every Friday. I would to participate, you know, in Ramadan there. But there just, it just wasn't there. So... I wanted to, I had that hunger. I wanted to know more about the religion, but there was nobody that I could go to. Um, at that time, there was no computer. You mm-hmm. couldn't even look up things on the computer. So what I did, and my husband did, is we both started ordering books. We, books in, in uh, different, uh, at that time, cassettes and, you know, mm-hmm. anything to bring us that knowledge, you know. Um, one of the things that I have found also was that, alhamdulillah, maybe this all, maybe this was all for this reason, because later on, when the community did start building, I, I noticed that because of all the different cultures, that they kind of practice it their own way, the way that they was raised to practice Islam. And it, I noticed it differed from some of the things that I seen being done and mm-hmm. said was different from what I was reading. Uh, but that could go a whole long way, too, because they say, you know, because I don't know the Arabic language, maybe it's, it's tr- it, in English Trans- it's translated differently. differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I, I started, you know, listening to some... Uh, at that time, there wasn't any new Muslim. I think I was at that time the only convert other than there was a couple of African-American converts. So we started over the years. I started seeing more and more um, sisters, you know, coming in. And, of course, you know, 
I felt that they were after the same thing that I was after, and not they they are coming in to a religion that they know nothing about. Uh, so you know it was overwhelming uh, for them, as it was for me. I can only imagine. Yeah, um, you know, the, just everything, er, er, everything, you know. But there was this one sister that had been married for quite some years. She's still known in the community. Uh, she was going through a divorce, and she just didn't know what to do. I got a call from one of the sisters that I'm a good friend with, and she was telling me about this lady. And I called her and invited her to my house. And from that point on, we just decided we needed a convert group, you know, for converts that they, you know, when, when we first accept Islam, we don't really know where we belong because there's all these different groups, you know, and we... Everyone's tied to their We're culture. We're kind of lost, you know, unless, you know, you can, you know, like do your own learning on your own or reading or however you're doing it. But um, you just feel like we're, we're not welcome. Um, even during, like, Ramadan, mm-hmm. Iftar, I'm getting up alone. I, I take suhoor by myself. That was a transition that I had to go through after my husband passed away. Allah humble. But um, these girls didn't, you know, they're young girls too. They're young and they don't, they don't, their families, some of their families have rejected them because of Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's when I started, you know, just having a weekly group with the converts. So they could come and, and, you know, what we do is we read from Quran, we'll read from Sunnah, and then we'll ask questions, you know. Uh, if we can't answer it, we'll go to somebody who can, you know, to answer. You know, but they need some kind of a support. They need that support group. So the support is not just about sharing in your experiences, but also to gain more knowledge about the religion. It is. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah, because, you know, they don't... Um, you know they don't have. I mean, I okay, they do now, but they they do now have the resources to go out there and learn, right? Which I didn't. But who to better associate with than that? You know, with people who've experienced exactly it and, went through the same thing. Exactly. You know, so I'm saying, and I'm not saying nor that all of them are sincere about learning the religion. Only Allah knows that. But I think uh, um, we're seeing more so lately that they're doing it because of somebody. Hmm. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. 
and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Like a guy or something? Uh, Yeah. And, you know. And I I did, too. I did, too. You know, but maybe, you know, maybe because at that time I was searching, I wanted a religion. And at that time, you know, maybe Allah sent that person, my husband, to introduce me to Islam. And he sent you to him because he wanted a woman. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not saying you, that... I mean, you do your part, right? If someone asks you, you don't question their intent because that's not Oh, uh, no, haram. We can't yeah, do that. We can't, we can't do, that. do that. If they... if they, There was a, a girl here just um, just before I went to San Francisco. We gave her shahada here. But we asked her, before we gave her shahada, are you sure that this is what you want to do or do you want to wait until you find out more, more. about your religion? She goes, no, I, I've been, you know, studying, and I'm ready. So we gave her shahada here. Right. So, you know, I mean, I we cannot, I cannot no. say, I'm only saying from experience what I have seen of the ones that did come, and when it didn't work out, they just disappeared. And there's always going to be, I think, but in we every, are, Exactly, in every exactly, but we scenario. have to be available for them regardless. What do you think are some of the issues that the youth face or like newer generations converting face that maybe you didn't face. Is there is there ever been something that someone shared with you that struck you and was like, oh, I've never experienced that? I think the way the nation is today, Islamically, you know, I mean, with in light of what everything that's going on and everything, I feel that they have a much tougher time today than we did when I became a Muslim. You know, um, it takes a lot to to speak up and say I want to convert to this religion that exactly has such a bad rap right now. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think one one of the things because even me and another sister was saying, at this point, why would they even want to come into this religion? No, I would not have. I would not have. I wouldn't have even wanted to look into it. And this is exactly what's wrong. I think the media. I think. The media is portraying us the way that they want us to be seeing it, mm-hmm. but they don't know the real Islam. Why? Because nobody's getting out there and letting them know what we're really about. Mm-hmm. This is why I said, alhamdulillah, that we've got you girls, you young girls that are getting out here and trying to do something, you know. And who knows? You know, Allah started out with, with a small army, and look what he grew to be. So I think this generation here you know, is is going to bring us out of this. I really do. I hope so. Because yeah, because, you know, it's just, it's a, it's, it was a big, big step from when I first became Muslim to the way this, the world is today. Right, I think that one of the things maybe we recognize is that if we feel like we're not being represented correctly or we feel like that, you know, we're painted a certain way, then maybe it's not the person's fault. They're ignorant. And they might not have the information or they might have the wrong type of information. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting at home doing nothing about it, then how am I how am I making that better? And what gives me the right to then complain that someone's portray- portraying me a certain way? Exactly. As I soon agree. As, as soon as I'm being 
attacked for my religion or for being a woman of this religion, then that's the moment that I have to decide that I need to either sit down and shut up or I need to stand up and do something about it. I agree, Noor, but the thing is, is, is um, years ago, nobody would do that. Of course, it wasn't as bad then as it is now, but even back then, we should have had you know, women coming forward and, you know, yeah. as you know, I'm not a really vocal person and I would love to because there's so much things that I would like to say, but when I'm in a, in front of everybody, you get like blank, fright. <laughs> blank. Yeah. But it's, you girls are educated. You know, you, you know how to speak, you know what to speak on, what you to speak of. So I, I think, you know, you're going to, you're going to, and I think you're going to start recruiting others to come in, you know. It's yeah. it's a process, and it's Definitely. not an easy one. It's, it's not. It's not an easy one, but all you can do is just, you know, keep hanging in there, and it'll happen, inshallah. As long as I think everyone has that one person that they can look up to. Exactly. And see exactly. what they've been able to accomplish, even if what I'm doing or someone else is doing is very small. Exactly. Like, exactly. You're always you're always pushing forward. But you're doing forward. something. Yeah, you're always You're doing something. Forward. You're not just sitting back silent. Yeah. And that's the worst thing that can happen is to stay silent, especially with the way everything is right now. The way that everything is out there right now, we cannot mm -hmm. just sit back there and let it happen. And, and, and Noor, it's you girls. It's you girls that are going to be able to do it. They don't. They don't want to hear some old person of oh shoot she's <laughs> you know she belongs in the in in the whatever. But um, it's it's you young girls that are coming. Your girls have got educations. Mm -hmm. You girls, alhamdulillah, have got the educations, you the know how. So you know you're the ones that can put it out there. We just need the support of our. Community. You need the support of the community and this this as we know this community you know. But I've been, we've encouraged the girls on several, several times to get involved with what you're doing, you know, and I think it would be good for them because, you know, it's a younger, it's their generation. You know, I, I just pray to Allah that especially our young, the young people can get out there and do something for our religion, stand up for our religion. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful religion. It, who knows? This might be the test of our time. Exactly. For facing all this backlash. It's, exactly. It's our, it's exactly. To so. Straight. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. You know, I've had some interaction with some of the girls um, that you that come to your support group, and I still feel like sometimes I'm ignorant to some of the the struggles that they may face. And so, I guess I want to ask you, what what could you say to? to me but also to anyone listening that might have either a friend who's a convert or you know that might see someone kind of new at the message who just recently converted but is alone what what would you tell them that they could do to help make you know that transition or to make that person feel i guess welcomed uh, interaction interaction i think interaction is the first thing that you can do L let me say this okay uh, about most of the converts that i have met we all come from pasts. Most of us, uh, of all of the ones that I've known, other than a couple um, that reverted to back to Islam, like at an early teenage mm -hmm. years, but most of us have a past that we're dealing with. And I think that's one of the hardest things uh, that, you know, because sometimes some of the past that we've had, especially for the new ones, uh, you, we're dealing with that still. And then we're trying to, 
you know, we come in to see the immigrant Muslims, their lives are just, they've never been through what we have. They've never seen what we've had to go through, you know. And I think even me today, Noor, as a Muslim for all the years that I have, even sometimes I have problems understanding other cultures mm -hmm. because they just think completely, they're, the way they see things are completely different than the way I grew up. Right. You know, so that's, and I think they're, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Because they're new Muslims, maybe they don't feel like you guys would understand. Them. You know what or, I mean? Or do you think they, that they're they don't, what, well? do, what can they open up about, Nora? What can they open up about? I mean, you, your, your family is completely different than most of our families was, you know. Right. I mean, what we've been through for... In our lives, we'd rather close. Right. So what do I have in common with you? Mm. So it's almost like D Is that hard to understand? No, I, I get it. I've never thought of that. Yeah, it, it, it is. It because is. Because I, I think it is. We, there's a self-esteem, you know. Um, there's a, just a lot of issues. Or So I guess like interact but know that there's maybe not a lot you'll get out of the person in terms of their past. Exactly. You, it's, you know, um, we have never, I have, we've never just sat there and asked anybody those questions. Right. And you wouldn't. They have to get comfortable enough with us at first. To share it. To share it. And many of them do. You know, they're not going to tell us at first because, you know, don't forget, we are Muslims too. Mm -hmm. We are reverse, but we've been Muslims a long time. And we don't know what they're bringing in. We don't know what they're bringing in until they feel comfortable enough with us that they can let us know. Then you start understanding. So so interaction is one thing. Interaction, I think, is the most important thing, yeah. They probably feel more comfortable sharing in that type of setting amongst you and others of their likeness because yes, they know that we, everyone has a past. We identify. Whereas, we identify. And, and maybe that's why I, I see that there's a difference between the girls that are converts and the girls that are not and sisters of Azima because they probably know that they can't relate even though they have yeah. so much in common just being girls raised here in the same town even yes 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 um, but that somehow gets in the way of them interacting yeah I I, I'm sure it does I'm sure it does um, nor because even me when when I first became a Muslim and I started you know meeting more people I looked at their lives I looked at their families and everything and I used to say to myself, I will never fit in with these people. Some of the culture I don't, I will never understand. You know what I mean? But, you know, I accept it. I accept it. And you don't have to, yeah. I think it's just respecting the differences. Exactly, exactly. As long as it's not affecting exactly, the way that they exactly. treat you. But then you take a new Muslim sister, mm. say that went through everything that I went through. That's got to be overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me, even though there wasn't the amount of Muslims that I see now. But I, 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 I me, myself, and I don't mean to sound prejudiced in any way, the, the Yemeni culture I love. I love the Yemeni people. To me, you guys have the most beautiful, innocent hearts. I just think they're, they're just, Allah sent them to me. Oh, that's you so know, beautiful. And I do want to thank... 
Um, I, I think if it hadn't been for the Bafagi family, mm. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have never left my dean, you know, but I, I don't know what I would have done. And the whole community has supported me so much. I feel like I'm family. This is my family. You know, if you ever have kids, I never had kids, but if you ever have kids, they're there, and you guys are there. Otherwise, I still wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have to be here. You know, you're you're by yourself here. Correct? I'm by myself. I don't have any family. Any family husband. I mean, kids. you do have family. Uh, yeah, but I mean biological. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You guys are my family. Probably you closer to my family than me and my family was. Hmm. But um, I just, you guys are just so, you guys got just beautiful, beautiful, innocent hearts, and you're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You, the goodness that's is so there. sweet but we love you yeah and that's and why I love I all of you too and all of you I'm curious to know what the perception is converts towards people who were born Muslim like is are there things that you're that kind of go through your mind like they're lucky that they were born Muslim because of this or I'm glad I wasn't born Muslim because of this maybe we have the had and some of them probably still do. Some of them think you guys just um, are stuck up. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think what you're talking about is like the. Uh, you're you're better the, than the, we the are. We're we're not the, really we're it Muslim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then um, that's probably the way I felt too. You know, at first. But you know, I don't feel that way anymore. But they they would. I honestly think that um, as much as inshallah, that's something not I, I would never want to portray towards someone. I I wouldn't knock down their perception that that doesn't exist. But nor some of those girls, I mean, you're not there all the time. They do. They they shut them out. You know, you know, I think the more your iman becomes stronger, I think the less those things bother you, you know, okay. because but the new ones, yeah, they notice uh, nor half of them don't ever get invited to weddings. They don't no, get no. invited to anything that's going on in the community. You guys all have I the Bafagis invite me for their breakfasts, eat breakfasts. These girls, what do they do but go back home? So we're going to do something. We did do it about three years ago. We just had our own eat breakfast, the converts here. And, oh, you know, nice. not that we, we don't want to do that, nor don't get me wrong. But, you know, you guys all have your own families. Half of us come from families that don't accept Islam. So how are we going to celebrate with them? Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're alone. So that that's when I started doing Eid breakfast here. I'm I'm just really trying to, um, I guess you could say, immerse myself a little bit more into the experience of a convert because I want to, you know, be able, I don't know, to make those girls comfortable coming into Sisters of Azima. I feel like the first thing that you know, us born Muslims think when we think of converts is, oh, they're so lucky. They live this, you know, whatever life that they had, and then they say the shahada, and it's all wiped clean. And then they're, and, and now they're, they're like they were just born. And, and if, the, you know, like that's, that's what I, I have always heard. That's what I keep hearing. And it's interesting because you tell me how heavy all of that past still hangs over you, even though oh, you yeah. know oh, yeah. it's been wiped. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll never leave us. It'll yeah. never leave us. But, Noor, let me say this, okay? How many in the community think the way you think? There's not that many. There's not that many that cares. Maybe not many that speak up, but I'm hopeful. I mean, you seem to be 
you care, you want us to all come together, you seem to care about that, but how many people share your feelings actually? You know, so. Yeah, probably not a lot. You know, I mean, uh, but there's always a beginning. Is there anything else at this point that you would want to add as far as um, on the topic of converts and the experiences, struggles? Yeah, I just, um, you know, pray that we can, you know, all come together in this and um, just, you know, you know, we're doing this. Whatever we're doing, we're doing for the sake of Allah. Um, I, I just wish that we can all just, you know, become as a whole and not into separate you know, regardless of regardless of what, born, what, what, what you born, are, what your race yeah, is. yeah. Inshallah. Well, I'm so happy that we were able to do this. I know you were like nervous and yeah, I was <laughs> sure, but I, was. I think you did great. Yeah, you thank you, did. honey. So thank, thank you, you. For, for coming on um, and sharing your story and your experiences. And Much thank, you. thank you. I feel very privileged to have been interviewed oh. by you. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and follow this Muslim Girl podcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out the blog thismuslimgirl.com where you can find all content information from this and all previous episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.